Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Life as We Know a Podcast, starring myself, Patrick Solomon, my trusty co-host Jacob Ham, and our guest this week, Brett Thompson. Uh, we got into some nice topics this week, uh, speaking about veterans. Uh, some real deep, touching stuff about reaching out to people closest to you. Is Friday the 13th just a conspiracy or a myth? And what's the truth behind the kneel in the national anthem? Thanks, Boom. And we are live. Bum, 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 bum. Dude, I don't even know how I feel right now because I don't. Last time I saw you, like we just had McAuliffe on here. I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember him, but I last time I saw him was 2014, and the last time I saw you must have been 2012 or 2013. Is when you guys left? Who are you? It would have it would have been late 2012. I'm Brett Thompson. I uh, served in the Marine Corps from 2010 to 2014. I'm currently living in Missouri, and I'm on the podcast as to our gracious the gracious hosts here invited me along. Hell yeah, damn. Well, if a little more background, uh, Thompson was my first ever team leader in the United States Marine Corps. Yeah, for anybody that mm-hmm. listened to uh, the other podcast with uh, Russell Lohman, um, Thompson or Brett was with him, and so he was he fell into the same. Uh, group as as russell so yeah. we're, we're hoping that i don't know did you check that podcast out yeah i checked out a bit whenever loman was uh, doing his spiel um I, I didn't watch all of it i didn't have enough time to unfortunately but um i liked what he was uh his narrative that he was uh, proclaiming yeah he's yeah. changed he's changed yeah for sure yep i used yeah, to think sure loman was a fucking psychopath wanting to kill us all in their sleep and well, like, he did, well he kind of well he kind of did yeah he, he listened <laughs> <laughs> i guess he admitted yeah. to it um What's up, man? What are you up to? What's going um, on with your life? Not a whole lot. As of right now, I'm a college student, have been for three years. I'll probably get my bachelor's degree at beginning of 2018. I'm um, studying to be a systems manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty good with computers and technology and things of that nature. And um, I currently work for my local state government for the judicial branch. Mm. Nice. Well, shit. So when you got out, you... Um you you waited a little bit before you jumped right into school i waited six months uh because i was i went to work at a job at best buy which is just down the street and um i worked in their warehouse for a little while kind of adjusting to civilian life um because obviously the marine corps makes you a certain way and mm-hmm. civilian life is, is another way so you have to adjust mm-hmm. um so that's the way i was kind of adjusting and then after that i went to work for a private software company um that's locally here and uh, did a little bit of their stuff, technical support, really generic stuff. And then uh, recently just got the new job for the State Department. That's what I've been doing. Yeah. Well, dude, tell me a little bit about this stuff behind you because I'm a little bit, I mean, I would consider myself a nerd, you know, and I see these things behind you. Oh, I didn't even notice it until you just <laughs> yeah, said dude. that. Yeah. <laughs> you got all kinds of things. Tell me, tell me what you got going on back there. All right. Yeah. The, I positioned the camera this way as a conversation piece. So uh, to my well, I've left here, those are, those are my amiibos. Um, so I don't have a Wii U or anything like that. I like the characters. When I worked at Best Buy, I could get those for basically nothing uh, because of the discount. So I started collecting them. Um, the ones you see in the packages are ones that are actually worth a little bit of money. Um, but the Wait, ones that are, what are what are they? The package, Amiibos. I'll go get one real quick. Hold yeah. On. Okay. Yeah, I don't even know what those are. Amiibos. We're learning something new right now. That's it for sounds sure. like a disease. <laughs> <laughs> I got some Amiibos this week. It does. It's a little delayed. I'm like, watch. What? <laughs> Pat, Pat was saying that that sounds like it's an STD. Like I just copied Weebos <laughs> or Anibos from that one girl. <laughs> it might possibly be. Um, they are an STD because once you buy them, you can't stop. So these are basically all they are. You got just STI. little figurines. Oh, nice. Fox. Yeah. Nice. And so, uh, oh, so that's when you said Wii U, there's a game, right? Where you put those on and it right. kind of like. Uh, they have a chip underneath this piece of plastic here. And if you put it on that Wii gamepad, it'll activate the character and you get like bonuses for it. Oh, I bought them shit. just because I like the way they look. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is one of my favorite ones. So what's the most expensive one you got in there? Uh, the most expensive one I have is probably going to be the Wii Fit Trainer, ironically enough. And I think that one goes for like, I could probably sell it for like $100 easily. Damn, just for a little toy, dude. Yeah, exactly. How'd you People, get into that? Somebody wants it. 
Uh, it kind of started at Best Buy because I was like, well, these things are kind of cool and I have this extra shelf space. And I was like, I'd like to kind of start collecting things uh, mm. character wise. adds a little bit of character to the room. Um, and so I saw one of them at Best Buy and I was like, I kind of like these. And then every shipment we would get, I'd be the first guy to see the shipment. So I'd be like, well, I'll just take this one and put it over here. And then the rest goes out on the floor. Yeah, nice. It, it's pretty crazy. You think about it like a uh, first dibs, a collector's mentality. Like I've never been a big collector of anything, um, but like some people go absolutely yeah. fucking insane to get that certain piece to fit into their collection. So yeah, yeah. Dude, my, well, my, see, with me, it wasn't even like that. I just got the ones that I like. Like you, there's Mewtwo right there, and mm-hmm. then those three you see are all in one package. They're the retro pack. So Rob, Mr. Game and Watch, and the Duck Hunt Dog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And those are those were those are going for like seventy five dollars that package, but I probably Christ. won't. Yeah. I'm not really wanting to sell them. I like them. It just reminds me of like, like reminds me back in elementary school and middle school when fucking Yu Gi Oh and Pokemon took off, man. Yeah, okay, no, ba- the Beyblades, bro. Were you stuck? Were you around in the Beyblade area? Or, 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 <laughs> Wait, what? Beyblade. Beyblade. So, yeah, it was like they had this little ring. And uh, they were like these discs. Oh, you rip it. And you rip it and you put it in there and then they bang against each other until one of them stops. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I do man. remember that. Shit. Yeah, they had that at our school for a while, but they had to get rid of it because kids were like bringing those big arenas in and they <laughs> yeah. were in trouble. It was funny. But, dude, yeah. I, remember, um, I remember the fucking battle. Did you guys shit. ever have the, the, um, the battle bots? Like there was like this I battle like bots arena thing that when that show was taken <laughs> off, it was fucking... Um, I don't know. It was it was kind of like those little things, but they're yeah, just like know. Pokemon cards or Yu-Gi-Oh cards. They got banned from the school because people were abusing them. Abu- well, not abuse. Yeah, well, yeah, no, they were abusing them. People were like selling their fucking cards for lunch money and fucking giving their lunches away and shit. Just fucking <laughs> crazy ass shit. Yeah, oh there you shit! Go. Damn. Do you go to conventions? Uh, I do. Uh, so I've only been to one so far, and that was last year, and that's called NakaCon, and they have that up Nakacon. in Overland Park, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a, just an AMA convention, so you can dress up as you want. Me and my wife went as characters from Attack on Titan, and we just kind of wore that for one day, and then we just kind of went around the whole facility. And it was a lot of fun. The people were amazing, and you know, you could just sit and watch yeah. panels. You can go to the bars and drink and the barbecue there is sensational. Yeah. So I so, highly recommend it. So I think like uh, most people, like I'm pretty open-minded and I love this kind of shit. I always consider myself because I'm, you know, deep down I'm a closet nerd and I love video games, especially when World of Warcraft first rolled out. I mean, I played every expansion. <laughs> but I would think a lot of people, like initial response is going to be like, oh, these guys are just fucking nerds. So I would say like, because I, I, like, I went to Comic-Con and shit and I had a great time, but I, I know a lot of people are, they get turned off to like yeah. those kind of ideas. I don't know, Pat, or I feel yeah, like dude, Pat might be a little, are, You guys are fucking nerds. Pat might be a little bit of a jock. <laughs> ah, <laughs> fucking uh, Mew. Mew. Ancient Mew. Yeah. No, so, dude, it's just, if that's just like somebody, like if, if somebody didn't like sports and I started going on a rant about talking sports, and it's not, even, it's right. not even about not liking it. It's just something that wasn't all that appealing. It doesn't mean I'm against learning things against yeah. it. But know? some people are, you know? No, for sure. I mean, yeah. a lot of people are closed-minded and don't want to, Things. But I mean, it's collection like, collections can go for anything. That's what I was gonna dive into yeah. before. My uncle, so what he's gonna when he uh, passes away, his uh, his will to his three daughters is he's got a coin collection. He's got like nickels that are worth five thousand dollars, like Jesus. just like crazy. Like he's got well over a hundred thousand dollars worth of coins, and it's just simply like what you were just saying. You're not. He's not. He's not. He doesn't buy them so he can sell them for money. He buys them simply because he enjoys them. He enjoys collecting. Yeah, them, I like know? them. And like these characters are part of my childhood. Whenever I would go to my cousin's house and we would play Nintendo, like we were playing Star Fox. We were on this N64. We play Star Fox. We play Pokemon Arena. So like when I look at those, it kind of reminds me of the fun times when I was a really young kid. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like I kind of look at that. And I'm like, yeah. And like obviously there's like the Fire Emblem characters right mm-hmm. there. And then like there's just generic Pokemon, Wario, Luigi. All those ones and yeah. rarer ones are at the bottom you know i think it's funny that like you're in touch with your youth yeah that like yeah. humans i'm trying to get a little deep and philosophical now but like humans <laughs> naturally i think seek that nostalgia yeah you know like and and when they feel that like even like certain every time i if there's a certain weather in the morning that has that certain overcast i instantly feel like i'm in boot camp and I hated boot camp, but it feels good in that way. Like that whole sense where I was like, holy shit. Nostalgia. Dude, yeah. I fucking totally forgot about that. Because I'll tell you what's been happening. I, I've been getting up early before 
you know, go to the gym in the morning before I go to work. So I get up at like quarter to five, five o'clock, and I come outside, and there's this smell, and it always reminds me of marching to the chow hall at like four o'clock <laughs> yeah, in the dude. fucking And you get those flashbacks all the time. Right? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but when when I get the feeling to come back, it's like such like an amazing, like refreshing feeling. Um, it's not like negative, like ah, oh, like I don't want to be thinking about this, but mm-hmm. it's like uh, it's like calming almost. You know, yeah. it kind of reminds you of where you've been because I think, you know, we just get so caught up in our lives and where we're going with uh, our future and stuff that at times we forget about our past. And then the simple sight, smell, you know, or a uh, picture can just take you back to a certain point in time. Yeah. Music, too. Yeah. There's a study about that, a scientific study. There's um, a thing that they have a word for. I can't remember what the name of it is for the life of me, but I did a little analysis on it. And so there's a feeling that every human being can get when listening to certain triggers, whether that trigger be, you know, looking at characters, listening to music or something like that. And it reminds us of our childhood. So that kind of gives us that nostalgia feeling. And somewhere in the brain, chemicals start to balance. And that gives you that feeling of nostalgia that makes you feel really good and warm because then you're reminded of those memories because your memories are essentially accessed from that point. And it's, mm. it's really interesting how it works. I forgot what they call it. Yeah, it's crazy when you, you think about every single emotion that you have is actually just a chemical breakdown. That yeah. there's like some kind of, you know, hormones are getting released, different chemicals are getting released that makes you think, man, I wish I knew more about the actual well, dude, science behind it, you know? Dude, but, it was like, I mean, it's, this is going to be, this is the best thing I can think of an analogy. I don't remember what it's called, but we had watched a kid's movie probably about a month ago. Um, and basically it was based on uh, the, this girl's uh, emotions, each one of her emotions inside of her body, inside of her brain. Yeah, it was what's a cartoon. The, that's that Pixar movie. Yeah. Right. And um, what the fuck? You know what I'm talking about. The one with her. Inside all that, out. Yeah. Inside, inside out. out yeah. yeah. And then so then there's like the five different areas, uh, you know, happiness. What is it? Fun. Uh, excite, anger. Anger. Disgust. Disgust. Sadness. And so anyways, yeah. every single thing that went into it uh, and went into the movie was basically events that were happening on the outside of her uh, that they were showing and she'd get sad. And then that land would crash and she would. Um, no longer have control over her happiness or whatever the case may be. And certain things had to happen um, to her for her to achieve the happiness again, but it was new happiness at the end. I don't know. I like those kind of movies because there's that like subliminal uh, message yeah. behind it, you know? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah. I, just, I just lost my fucking train of thought. Sorry. Dude, kids are <laughs> good with that, though. <laughs> Luckily, we can do whatever the fuck we want in this podcast. So if it ever gets awkward, right. that's fine. Um, it's a podcast. Dude, what do you think? You know, I, I'm just diving right into this. What do you think about America right now? What do I think about America? Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at it from the media's fear-mongering tactics, people would say, oh, America's in the shitter, America's in a bad place and whatnot. And then you look at some people who are a little bit more detached from that, and they're just like, well, America's pretty much been the same way that it has been. It's just a different type of leadership. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you could read between the fine lines of everything that's been going on. And, I mean, it's not like it hasn't happened before. Yeah, terrible things happen every day. And it's like the state of things haven't gotten worse and they haven't gotten better. We've essentially just been in this stalemate for the past 10 to 12 years of just um, because we live in the age of information, everything is so much more accessible. So mm-hmm. anytime something is said, there are 50 different news outlets that are misconstruing those words and transforming it into something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, like what makes me like fearful is that I feel, and we talked about this on the last podcast, last podcast, is that there's now like a fake social like context or construction that's been made of hate between uh, whether it's racist, whether it's versus red versus blue, whether it's versus immigrants yeah. versus natives. It's like there's like this tension that to me when I go throughout my normal day because I, I mean, I'm on social media, but I'm not like really, I don't like you know, take it for, I take it for with a grain of salt. So like my day to day, I'm completely fine. But at the same time, like you said, you can feel the tension, but sometimes I feel like it's just from that media planting the seed constantly over and over and over and over and over. Dude, listen, that, that, that totally reminds me. So I've been listening to these podcasts during the week, um, about murder and stuff like that. Um, and they were talking about serial killers in the beginning of time and talking thousands of years ago, um, when there wasn't really any laws, they weren't considered serial killers because they didn't know any better, if you want to call it that. Um, but when they started becoming glorified as serial killers, the first one was Jack the Ripper. And the reason it was because he was the first. That's when the media started. That's when they started pushing it out in the newspapers. And that grew. 
and that ultimately led to more people kind of wanting to follow. Mm. Yeah, and it's interesting because um, he, serial killers started were really romanticized back in the early 1900s. Like you, you talk about. I mean, Ed Gein, who was like the original guy who was like wearing people's skin on his belt and shit like that. Like if you look in the 30s and 40s, like people love that shit. They ate that up. Like if there was any sort of zero killer within that time frame, there was something written about him of how much they loved him or something along the lines of that. Mm-hmm. Well, so so how do you think? I mean, what's what do you think the long run of this is going to be like? From my point of view, I, I feel like, you know, things have, for the most part, have been the same besides like this, you know, now that there's more information getting, you know, pushed on to people constantly. Like, what do you think, you know, the end results are going to be? What do you think the push is going to be? Do you think that the U.S. is going to be able to, like, overcome this maybe information overload that's causing everybody to just stress the fuck out? Or, you know, what's your opinion on all that? Um, just kind of judging from like, I live in a very rural area, so I would say everybody here is very conservative. So obviously they're influenced by their opinions of the media. But obviously in the past years, they've said, well, I don't really listen to the news anymore because it's just going to try to pump something into me that I don't agree with or it's just going to be something stupid or I'm just like, it's overload. Mm-hmm. And this is something that a lot of people said after the election season. They're just like, they're just so desensitized to politics. They don't want to be affiliated with it anymore. Mm-hmm. And. You know, obviously, a lot of people around here support Trump. Some of them supported Hillary. Some of them supported Bernie. Some of them supported Jill Stein. It's pretty much a mad, uh, mad grab. Like people, are like, oh, this is a Trump state, so everybody likes Trump. It's like, it's yeah. not really that much true. It was more so just the majority winning. And by the majority, I mean rural farmers living in a town with people like no more than two thousand people. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as what's going to happen in the long run, I can see it going about two ways. I'd see either the uh divide getting bigger the media creates a larger bias in between um the racial divide um starts dividing more democrats and republicans just down the middle and then you have people like me that are in between it's like well i don't really swing either way as far as the party side i try to promote more common sense more than anything yeah um because it in now in now the days if you reside with any party you kind of get you know this uh, negative connotation labeled on you. So yeah. if you're a Republican, you get called a racist or a misogynist or a Nazi or something along the lines of that. And then if you're a Democrat, you get called like a cuck or um, a liberal or a liberal tart or whatever yeah, the fuck yeah, they're calling yeah. it now. You know, it's, so it's, I try to just sit in the dude, middle. That's so true. It's it sucks because like I think what we need to do is we need to get away. Obviously, like what you're saying, like this red versus blue, this tribalism that we got going on. It it shouldn't be. Oh, if you're red, you have to believe these things. If you're blue, you have to believe these things. It should be like, what is the good of mankind? To me, it seems like the system that we're using is just outdated and too old because I think humans, at least in the U.S., I think we've progressed far enough that we know that human rights are good, that, you know, freedom's good, you know, slaves are bad, and that what we really need to be doing is, okay, what's the best thing for humanity? But I guess when... Trying to figure out how to do that is, probably, I guess, pretty difficult because you're looking at it as, as a red versus blue, and people do have different beliefs. But right, that's well, that's that I think is exactly what the media is trying to create. If we can all agree on that, is that a division? They just want either you're black or you're white. You're on one side or in the other. There, you can't stand in the middle, and that's what they're and and then that's what they're trying to do. I feel like slowly there was there, there maybe there was people that were heavily favored to one side and then they came into the middle like I think people are I think we're we're basically being manipulated to hate I had somebody bring this up to me at work today and he asked me he said where do you think aggression comes from and uh, when I answered you know I just said it's natural it's natural that's just something like we evolved from over time and stuff um but now I feel like it's so much more prevalent in the world. There's so much more anger and hate in the world than there is happiness. And maybe it's always been this way. It's just more noticeable now. It's just more pronounced. Um, mm-hmm. But the news only talks about bad stuff, you know? Well, I, yeah. I mean, we, 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 we all know that. We've seen that even when we were fucking kids. It only shows bad stuff. Um, but there's intent behind that, you know? Yeah. People keep watching it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would say that like the media is pretty much. I just hope we don't I mean, do you, like, World at War the end of the day. Now. Like, would you guys agree that the media's number one job is to bring in revenue and drive ratings? Yeah, absolutely. Their corporation, their one sole purpose is to 
drive costs of their assets rise. So what is the one thing that drives assets? Views. How do they get more views? They fear monger. Yeah. So you got CNN, Fox News, all of those major distributors, they're all in the same game of just making money. They don't care about how they're skewing the information or how that information is being reproduced into the public as in people as you and me. They just want to make sure that it generates views and it generates fear because that fear is going to keep everybody paranoid. It's going to keep the hate and aggression flowing. Um, and I'm a very firm believer that you have to be taught to hate as in like racial hate as mm -hmm. in. So most of the time, anybody that I've ever talked to that has some sort of racial bias, if you talk to their parents, you'll see where they got it from. They just didn't wake up one day and they're like, you know what? I just really don't care for black people today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. Right. It's something they were taught and they watched. And, you know, I grew up in a household with just my mother. My father uh, divorced my mother when I was about a year old. So obviously she taught me to just kind of, you know, interpret the world as it is. Um, don't judge people just based off their color, based mm -hmm. them off their personality and how they present themselves as a human being to you. And then from that point on, you can kind of formulate your judgment. Yeah. Oof. Um, gosh, I just lost my train of thought again. Um, so like, <laughs> yeah, that's now I remember. Um, it's like, I was focused on what you were saying. That's why, uh, <laughs> to be honest, like I don't follow politics too much f for the main reason. I mean, I do and I don't, I mean, I look and I, I read like the main headlines and I like, if it's something really triggered, like it triggers me, uh, I'll go in and see what's going on. <laughs> but, um, for the most part, I, I try to stay away with it because I mean, I get on Facebook if I just, you know, swipe left on my iPhone, I'm going to end up being in a bad mood or getting a bad day. So, right. um, with that being said, I mean, you sound like you're pretty caught up on it. I know we haven't really talked about politics yeah, too much I, on this pot, on, nah. on the podcast, but I think one thing that we can get is, you know, talking to people who do know a little bit more than us and they educate us on it. But so I would guess I would say is like, you know, what's your, what's your opinion on, I guess, Trump right now? And that's a really broad question, but I know at least from my standpoint, the he system, says, the system's fucked. Yeah. I, I think the system's fucked. I think, you know, for one man to have a role like that is unimaginable to me. I, and but at the same time, I, I don't agree with everything he's saying. So, you know, right. um, I'm not an avid supporter of Trump. I don't really agree with a lot of his foreign policies that he's been introducing into the whole uh, political environment. Um, I think that he is just a figurehead, uh, as in he really just is there for appearance. I think there's other people that are making decisions in lieu of him. Um, and he's just kind of getting the brunt of the hate because he's the face that everybody sees. Mm -hmm. um, do I think Trump is a little bit uh, behind the times in the way that he addresses people? Yes, very much so. <laughs> yeah. um, so I have a discussion with one of the guys in my unit that I went to after I went to, to, to from 8th and I to 2-4. His name's Andrew Bryant. He's a real good guy. Um, he's starting up his own business pretty soon here. And we kind of have discussions about this kind of stuff. And I say, um, um, and he is African-American. I say, uh, Bryant, you know, do you think Trump is truly racist? And he's like, I don't think he's really racist. I think he's just ethnically um inclined essentially is what he said and you know huh. you can rebrand that and say it's racism but it's like yeah. he just kind of is stuck in the old ways of how things were you know like nobody told him no because of how much money he had so he's just been doing the same thing and no one was like hey man maybe you shouldn't say things like that he's yeah. just been saying it because no one's been there to correct him or just be like be quiet mm -hmm. what, what do you think about the whole national anthem nfl What's it's your opinion? Because I know with us all being vets, I know I, I have my point of view, but well, I'll hear yours first, I guess. It's a very touchy subject uh, because obviously so the initial whole kneeling with Colin Napernick was that he wanted to uh, start uh, promoting or starting about the injustices of the police force against African-American mm -hmm. men. And that's perfectly okay. Um, I, I agree with the narrative that if there's something that we need to address as the American people, we should definitely push that narrative and try to see if we can put it on a platform. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the media was a bit biased in the way that they fueled the extreme right wing and saying that they, he, they, he was doing it to disrespect veterans and disrespect the flag and things of that nature. Yeah. And I think it got kind of misconstrued right there. So I think the narrative has been lost because the media has successfully baited the right wing into thinking that he's doing that to disrespect the veterans do i kind of disagree with it on the inside uh, in my heart and in my patriot strings yeah it kind of irks me a little bit but i understand that he's his own individual and he wants to promote his own um narrative of you know police brutality against african-americans that's perfectly fine um i generally don't tend to follow 
too many narratives nowadays, but I'm at least aware of what's kind of going on in whatever news. And Mm -hmm. I see the trend kind of picking up. Um, The one that I do disagree with, I saw somebody taking a knee in front of the tomb and the unknown soldier, which you both know. Yeah, you both know we've been there plenty of times. Um, So that's one that I severely disagree with because that's not a a place where you should be pushing a narrative that is a memorial site dedicated to fallen heroes. Um, so that's like that? one of the ones that I very much disagree with. No, I didn't see that, but that yeah, it's pretty much. That's also. I felt that in my core though when you just said that. Yeah. Yeah, but also that's the way that the narrative keeps getting misconstrued. So what the media does is basically a big game of telephone. Mm-hmm. A person says something and it's a narrative, and it's a perfectly acceptable narrative that we can all agree on. Yes, we should address this. But and then it gets recycled through and through and through news stations. So by the time it gets down to people on their phones, that 56 year old farmer who's been a devout Republican in his life, he's like, well, mm-hmm. and he's uh, he, you know, oh, he's a yeah. uh, Korean, black Korean army. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that... he's going to he's going to say, hey, I don't like that. And that's where the narrative gets misconstrued. So I think in from point A to from point B, this whole little mixture process is just making that divide get bigger because they're just saying like, these are disrespecting the troops. And it's just like, well, yeah, that's, no, not that's, yeah, that's, that's literally exactly my point of view to, to almost to a T, um, is that this whole thing that with taking a knee, especially that one week where it blew up through the whole entire NFL, when that happened, it had nothing to do with why Colin Kaepernick took yeah, a knee a year ago. And the only reason I think that they all bought into this whole entire thing was that he, Trump, spoke out and said to the owners, hey, if your guys are going to take a knee, then you guys, you should fire him. Yeah, fire him. Kick that guy off, yeah. off the team. Who don't, you just said it. Who doesn't like being told what to do? People with money. These these owners of these NFL team are billion dollar men, you know, and that was their way of kind of being like, you're not going to tell us what to yeah, do. Yeah, sticking it to the man. And everybody else, like you just said, that game of telephone, that, that 50 or 60 year old person or that somebody that's really on knowledge for about the whole widespread, oh, that person's taking a knee. They hate veterans. They hate America. Fuck the NFL. That wasn't the whole point of this. This was like a grudge match almost between Trump and the NFL, I felt yeah. like. That's right. what I felt like and, to me. And it's weird because obviously in the first initial when this happened, I didn't understand what was going on. I was like, well, what is this? So being the person I am, I did research. So I researched it and I was just like, okay, well, let's just do a little more research. And I was like, well, this is his original narrative and this is what it's getting misconstrued to. And I'm like, this is exactly what, you know, higher media wants you to believe is that he's doing that to disrespect veterans. And it's like, not really. I mean, it tugs on my Patriot strings a bit when he does it. Yeah. But I understand he's trying to push a narrative about racial injustice and that's perfectly fine. Um, as far as like a conversation and that's a conversation that America needs to have at some point. Mm-hmm. I'll fix this real quick. There's like um when you when you stop talking, there's like a white noise. So I'm like a, trying to adjust it to the point where when you talk it goes when you talk it goes away, and when when it doesn't, it We're gets just fixed. Keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um okay. I keep getting fucking brain farts, dude. I don't know what's going on no, right dude, now. Maybe shot. I need to drink some fucking coffee, <laughs> dude, but like my brain is not computing take, at 100. Take a sip of beer, bro. No, dude, I'm sipping beer, week. man. Be good man. You be good. So it's, you know, we talked a little bit about me. What have you guys been up to since you got out? Oh, man. Well, you want to go first with me? Yeah, man. <laughs> I'll go first. I'll go first. All right, go ahead, man. All right. Well, I mean, I got out, went to school for a little bit, and then um, uh, Yarbrough, he started working for Red Roof Inn, uh, the hotel company, and he became one of the developers for that uh, hotel brand on the East Coast, and they were looking for a guy on the West Coast in the Southwest and while I was going to school, I was like, I wasn't really enjoying school and I was going to school for business. So I was, the opportunity arose was like, well, hey, you can jump on this job right now and get right into business and make more than what, you know, the uh, average salary is of a business degree. So I was like, fuck it. Might as well get that real experience right now. So I yeah. got the interview, jumped in and that's kind of what I've been doing. And then this, obviously I fell in love with Joe Rogan and his podcast. <laughs> yeah, I which, love Joe. Yeah, which pretty much became like my inspiration to put this all together. And then um, Pat was in New Jersey. We were talking a little bit about him moving out here um, and him getting out of New Jersey. And I was like, and he listened to Joe Rogan. And we were we were having like talks weekly. 
just while I'm traveling for work and then we would just talk and just, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of like what we're doing right now. We would just talk about anything and um, like, dude, you know, maybe we should just put a podcast together and, you know, see what happens. I feel like we're, we some of the topics we have are, you know, good, deep, profound conversations. Not all of them. Some of them are vulgar and crude <laughs> and just about <laughs> shit and jerking <laughs> off. But that's, you know, it's nature of the beast. But uh, so he came out and then that first I think you came on like a Friday or a Thursday and that Saturday we did our first episode high as fuck mind you we didn't yet <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a lost episode like, yeah like, we, we hope this thing goes big and then people we we can I don't even know if it deleted it or I don't not, know if I have it I have but it was literally like this like we uh, we'd start talking and we'd both stop and we'd both be staring at each other and be like say yeah. so, say so, say something what, what were we say, talking about say, say something what, what, wait i forgot what i was talking about <laughs> yeah it was a shit show yeah but oh, it's been good nice. man it's been a good um, time i since we, we've been having a lot of veterans on this podcast lately um so i kind yeah. of just want to hit this conversation again too because i think it's good to bring awareness to it since we do have an issue in the military about transitioning outside of the marine corps and so i guess you know, and you heard Lomans, and um, I don't know if you listen to McAuliffe's, but you know, like how was, you know, I don't know what what you did in, in the military after you left Eighth and I. I never talked to you ever again. So, you know, how <laughs> how how was your? Bye. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was like, see you, dude. <laughs> how was your? You know, that's what's crazy. Sorry, I'm gonna cut you off. I'm gonna I'm gonna revert right. this. Think about that. How many guys that you got close with in the Marines that. I mean, I still associate here and there, but actually, like, you got, cl- I, for me, there's a handful of people I can think of that I got really close with that I'll probably never see again my whole entire you life. See, I don't, I don't think I necessarily agree with that because since I've been living here in this townhome, Scott and Dula have been here. Uh, Brandon Dula. Owens has been here. Holy uh, shit. <laughs> Jordan Stone has been here. Um, and one other guy from my 2-4 unit has been here. Well, yeah, and so, it's more so been a halfway house because they've been passing through. No kidding. Well, yeah, but, so th- this is what I'm trying to say, though. So that's like five or six guys you named off. If you really get to thinking about it, you probably get to think of 20 or 30 guys. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, you know? And like boot crazy. camp. Like right. the guys in boot camp. Like some guys I'm... I can't even remember some of these guys' names. And I saw them, I'd be like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Can you see my screen when I do this? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's me and Brandon. Fucking Owens, Owens, man. dude. Fucking Owens. <laughs> Classic. Dude, all I remember, the first thing I think about when I see Owens is that they went to a gay bar and he got his butthole kissed by a fucking lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. <laughs> yeah, he did. We talked about that story whenever he came because he stayed for the night because he was driving from Florida to Seattle, Washington. He's working for, I believe, Starbucks corporate now or he's waiting on that job. Oh, dude, that's um, exactly where he would be working. That is so fitting for Owens. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I think most of the guys that got out of Eighth and I are doing all right, dude. That's what I said to him. We've we've had yeah. this conversation, like low key, how they kind of put us on a pedestal there. They're like, "Hey, you guys are the best Marines." This, that, and the other thing, you know. And all of us were like, "Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Send us to the fleet." But looking back on it now, and I'm not knocking any of my friends that were in the fleet with me, but the people that I was at Eighth and I with. A good majority of them are doing some shit or trying to pursue doing some shit, at least from what I've seen. And yeah. I, so maybe maybe they were right, and yeah. you know, to a certain extent. I believe they were to a certain extent, and I think we all kind of hold ourselves to a higher um, standard as to like regular and regular civilians, um, even as being Marines. But being Eighth and I Marines, we have more of like we are a bit more harder on ourselves to a certain extent. I'm not saying we're like pristine boys, but I'm just saying we were in the limelight so much that we had to make sure that we dotted our I's and crossed our T's to make sure that we none of us would get in trouble because a lieutenant didn't like the way that we looked at him or something along the lines of that. But mm-hmm. most of the 8th and I guys that I know, they're all doing really great stuff. Jones is, you know, like a bodybuilder now. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. He's doing weightlifting. Uh, Dula works for the post office. Scott lives down in Texas. And he was actually just, just up here watching the eclipse um, in my hometown. Hmm. Yeah, he's Scott, coming back dude. up in May. Scott, man. I Holy shit, dude. Him. I haven't even thought of that guy in a long time. I just remember when he got uh, his face busted in with yeah. a crowbar <laughs> and he got mono too. I remember that. <laughs> That's about yeah. all I remember. No. He's had some hard times, but he uh, plays video games with me from time to time Yeah, um, when he can. Uh, Yo, it's, he's it's crazy that and... the video game world, like it keeps people together. Like when I, th- my friends back home um, from my small town in Overton, damn, there it is. Got that, that beard. 
Look at you just throwing pictures all over the internet, man. I'm just posting all this. <laughs> but uh, well, like, I did a deep dive before I uh, got on with you guys. So it's like I need to show some pictures, so like of the older days. And yeah, I found yeah. some Really old ones that I think would be pretty funny. Yeah. No, I, I, when you talk about video games, though, it's like my friends from back home in my hometown, the only ones I'm still in contact with are the guys I play video games with. Mm-hmm. So if anybody wants to talk shit about video games, just saying like they've kept me and my, some of my closest friends still together. And I don't think if they weren't video games, we probably wouldn't right, be talking wouldn't anymore. Thing. Just getting right. on Discord and you can just talk to each other, which blows my mind. Yeah. Dude. Like I couldn't imagine we live in a pretty privileged world where you can stay connected with people like the access to like to talk to someone across the world is extremely easy compared to just 10 years ago right or 15 years ago and which actually makes me feel a little guilty and i got some convictions now because i'm pretty bad at keeping um you know contact with my family which is an asshole and i have a hard time talking to people if they're not in my immediate like circle i have a hard time like always calling them and checking in i mean i'm pretty bad at it i'm i'm not pristine at it i mean i try i don't know about you i don't know how much you, you know you what your circle's like but i feel like a lot of people are like that i feel like a lot of i think it's something we do to ourselves though mm-hmm. i think it's something we say well this person was important to me at this time like you know like i have 14 cousins and i have six aunts and uncles and you know i have grandparents and it's just you feel like it would be right to call everybody occasionally you mm-hmm. know I don't, though. but, but, but it doesn't make you wrong for not, because that's the beautiful thing about a family is that you could not talk to your family for months and then you go home for Christmas or Thanksgiving right. or whatever yeah. and you see them and it's just like, you you know, it was just like you guys were fucking 12 years old again or whatever the case may be. And, mm-hmm. you know, right. at least that's what it's like for me. And, uh, I think those are the kind of same relationships that I share with Marines, you know, that I ever served with. That connection, it's just like, it's there, you know. Yeah. It's 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 like it's weaved into us. One thing that I've always kind of made a, a point of mine uh, after getting out of the Marine Corps, obviously there was that transition period um, as far as like moving, getting acclimated to civilian life, and getting back in the mix of it. Um, nowadays, I kind of make it more of a habit to kind of at least call or text three other guys that I have at least their numbers on my phone, just like, hey, dude, what's up? Or just like, hey, dude, what you doing tonight? They're just like, hey, yeah. what's going on? And just shoot them a message and just you know, strike up a conversation because, you know, it's a bit, it feels weird because obviously, like, I saw you guys every day and then one day I just stopped. Yeah. So it's like it, it was very weird because that's my natural habit is to see the same people every day and then it stops. So obviously, like, my whole that's fucking way weird that to I, think about. Yeah. That's I just really get turned 180. Weird. And, man, it makes me feel bad because it's like I, I imagine, like, the recipients of your text messages or calls and say you have it, you've talked to them like once a month, it goes a long way. Like Owens messaged me probably a couple months last year, but out of the blue, I haven't talked to him in years. And he messaged me just saying like, Hey man, like I haven't talked to you. I know we got into some arguments before I left to go to MSG and stuff. I just want to reach out and let you know, I thought about you and I was like, damn, that like meant a lot, but it took what two minutes out of his day to send me a message like that. And I was like, and then now that I'm, now that I'm thinking about it and I think, you know, one goal in my life is just to become the better version of myself. And I think kindness is something that, you know, everybody on this planet can work on and grow and be just nicer in general. And I, now I'm thinking, I was like, man, maybe I should just take the time, like three, like what you said, the three, maybe four people, if I have their number or if they're on Facebook, just reach out and be like, Hey man, how you doing? Just, I thought about you and just want to see if you're alive. (laughs) That's what I did that actually earlier this week to Lameek, dude. I haven't talked to Lameek since I got out since like a few days before i got out yeah and i I think we were i think we were talking about him actually me and him and they reminded me i was like i hit him up he probably was like oh fuck dude i remember you you know like anytime i see that it's just like exactly what we were just kind of talking or i was bringing up before it's almost like these you 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 talk to somebody and it's like all of a sudden all these memories and this nostalgia comes up like it's like I felt it as like I felt it when I came to Arizona. As soon yeah. as I saw him, I hadn't seen him in freaking two years, three years. Yeah. Well, dude, people get so caught up in the rat race and their own ambitions that it's 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 hard to sit, slow down, and stop. And that's one thing why I'm happy about doing this podcast because it forces me to sit here and stop and look at you and listen and talk and see what's go what's going on in each other's lives. And 
I mean, if there's anything I'm going to take from this podcast now is, is what, you, what you just said is I need to be reaching out to my boys because if, if there's one thing right now, I think in the U.S., what we just talked about, if with all this stress and fucking, you know, tension between, you know, two parties is that people just need to be kinder and, you know, take their take themselves out of whatever rat race they're in and look to their fellows, brothers and sisters next to them and just be like, hey, how help, you doing? Help somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of the way that I've been trying to carry myself. And I agree with, you know, you saying trying to be the better version of who you are. And that's what I want to try to be, you know, as the years progress on, because I'm not a young man anymore. I'm 26 years old. So obviously I'm getting into the years where I'm going to be start thinking about having a family. Yeah. And so I want to still keep the relationships that I had with the guys that I was at least fairly close with in the Marine Corps. Um, so there's a guy I know his name's Kimball Whitney. You know, I hit him up from time to time, just like, hey, man, what's going on? He's getting ready to have his like third kid. He's Filipino. And we just talk about the funny shit that we did on deployment or, you know, things along the lines of that. And there's been other guys that have fallen off, unfortunately. And that's just the byproduct of how some Marines uh, kind of uh, operated. There's a guy, um, his name was Zach. And I was, me and him were real tight um, whenever we were in 2-4. And then after that, I know he lives in Texas because I know people know that he's in that area. Um, But he just kind of fell off the map. And uh, he kind of just doesn't really talk to Marines anymore or anything like that. You know, I'm not like angered that he did that or angered that he kind of just played a Houdini and just went poof. That's just kind of who he was as a person. Mm -hmm. And as long as I made my I kind of helped myself and just at least send the message like, hey, man, just uh, what's going on? What are you doing? And, you know, if I don't get a reply back, then, oh, well, that's okay. It's not a problem. He might reach out back to me months later. Who knows? But at least that I can do my due diligence as a veteran because there's nothing stronger um, in this world other than the bond of veterans together. And, you that's know, true. that's why I, <laughs> that's I saw, true. I saw your podcast and Blake showed it to me and I was like, oh, I'm fucking hit these guys up immediately. I haven't talked to them forever. Yeah. And it's, it's just sad though I, to think that like, you know, I'm not saying that the guy that you said that just Houdini himself might be going through this, but that, you know, I think suicide is, a, you know, a, a legitimate issue, you know, with the military and you know, that the, with that being said, we know that there's guys out there that feel like they're on the island, that feel like they are alone. So I guess my thing would be, since the platform I do have, which, you know, maybe spalls as if you're a vet and you got friends out there that myself included, because I know I need to work on it, that you we do need, I think, it's almost like an obligation or a responsibility as you well, know, a veteran that we need to reach out to our brothers because they are family. You know, I, I made a post about McCall. Like he, he's a brother to me, you know, like and you're a brother to me. Like I would, I fucking die for all you guys. And for me not to reach out to see, to check sure that, you know, my brothers are okay, especially knowing the statistics behind it that, you know, well, dude, we I'll, t- I'll tell you straight up, bro. Look, my track record since I've gotten out, I got out and I went home to New Jersey and, and then Healy was there. Healy was one of my best friends, just like you were. And he was, I hung out with him basically, you know, every, you know, almost every day I saw him, whether, you know, we just hung out for a few minutes, whatever to kiss me, you know, yeah. cause we live close by. Um, I had Jim, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then I moved here and now I got you. And until right now, I never noticed that pattern before. Yeah. And um, did you and have, that's do- okay. That's okay. But yo, I mean, Maybe there's a part of you guys that keeps me going in a way, you know? Yeah. Well, like, did you have a – was Dula – when you got out, were you around any Marines? No, I wasn't actually because I live in Jefferson City, Missouri, which is straight smack dab in the middle of the state. And you know, the only veterans around here are Korea, Vietnam veterans. There are some Iraq, Afghanistan guys, but no, nobody really from our generation that I knew. Mm-hmm. So um, the way that I tried to keep in touch with everybody was at least just – through via you know the phone just yeah. picking up giving them a call or you know i have my trusty ipad here and facebook so i can just call them and just be like hey dude yeah. what the fuck's going on what are you doing yeah and things could, of that nature because i couldn't imagine like if i got out i mean i had jim with me you know but mm-hmm. if i got out and i had no one that you just, could, you just that went could back re- to moapa valley yeah, that could relate to and that brings up like you know how the technology that we had like if i if i didn't have the technology because i was jim wasn't there at first but I mean, I talked to him every fucking day. I mean, I, on the phone, I was talking to someone that I was in the Marines with every single day that I, after I got out. Uh-huh. And um, now I'm thinking, I'm like, man, I'm sure there's Marines out there that got out and had no one to talk to. Yeah. You know? And I think that that's the hardest thing for a lot of Marines. Sorry, I'm booting on my Discord. I have a funny meme to show to kind of break the sadness that we're talking about. <laughs> Um, and I think that that's what the leading cause for a lot of guys is, is that, you know, they feel this isolation. 
um, from the outside world because I felt that myself because so I had a family dog. His name was Val. He was 14 years old when he passed away. So he was pretty much like the only person he was like my best friend. And, you know, coming home to my family was awesome. Coming home to him was great. So he died two years ago. Um, and that's when I, I felt the most isolated because, you know, um, I hadn't really been reaching out to my uh, veteran brothers at that time. I'd kind of trailed off after like, you know, I got out for a year, talked to him a lot, six month period. And, you know, the dog had died in that period. And I was very attached to that dog. And that's his shadow box right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll show you here in a second. But um, that's when I felt the most isolated. And obviously we all have dark thoughts from time to time. Obviously we don't enact on them, but everybody can say that they've had, you know, really sad, dark thoughts. Yeah. But obviously true. we just don't enact on them. We're humans and that's just generally how our brains go. It's just a chemical imbalance. Yeah. Um, but that was the most when I feel the most isolated. But the best thing that was for me, you know, I just picked up the phone and talked to a brother and just I don't remember who it was. I just called him up and I was like, hey, man, you got some time to talk. Yeah. Like, I just got some shit I want to talk about. And, you know, if he said, hey, man, I'm at work right now, but I can call you back in like two hours. Perfect. Fine. I just sat and played video games and just waited for the call. And, you know, that's the best medicine for a lot of for at least that I found was at least just chatting with the guy. And I yeah. think it's because, you know, I can it's, it's just somebody that understands the way that you think as opposed to, you know, like you can talk to your mother or your father or other family members. But I think, you know, obviously, like with a conversation between you and me, guys, we are on the same wavelength mentally yeah, yeah for sure i'm glad you said that because I've, I've i've felt guilty before because i don't reach out to my brothers or my parents or some of my family members like the, if i'm having a, a bad day and i'm not happy i'll always call like i'll either talk to pat or i'll call mcauliffe and like i mean throughout our week like every week pretty much one of us has a shitty day or two and right? we, we usually ask each other throughout the day, like you know just how are you feeling in general and i don't that's, i don't that's, ask dude, that's a, lot. a funny thing you know right? is that <laughs> is one of us is having a shitty day cuz cuz you know he goes he travels for work so we're never we don't we we don't we, This is like, the first time I've talked we, to him in like 6 days. <laughs> yeah, since Saturday. Since the last podcast basically. This is the last time we talked to each other or first time we talked to each other. And we live in the same fucking house, well, sometimes. <laughs> Anyways, but what's funny is the very first if I'm having a bad day, the first thing I'll say to him is hey, how's your day going, man? It's nothing to do with me. And I feel like you do the same thing. You yeah. don't ever come out and be like, dude, I'm having a shitty ass day. Like, <laughs> it's you. always like, yo, how are you? How are you doing? Like kind of feeling them out. Like, is this nigga going to be able to help me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All the time, dude. And that's weird, man. Yeah. It's just weird because I don't, I don't do that with my family members, uh-huh. but knowing that you guys have the th- same thought process of me and we've been through the same thing. We know like it's weird. It, it you know, it's weird to think, and I don't want to like put you know the military on a pedestal, and like make pe- other people feel like we're some freaks or that we are on some crazy. They're brain. losing pulleys right now, bro. All the viewers losing pulleys. All the pulleys, yeah. <laughs> like I ain't signing up. Yeah. yeah, no, it's not. It's just like I think it's not just the military. I think anytime people go through you know a certain suffering together with another person, they're gonna have a bond that that they can't have that bond with with anybody else unless they were there going through that same exact suffering, you know? Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree a hundred percent. I, that's why that's my, I don't want to go into this, but that's what I feel really bad about the people that were that Vegas shooting last week or or two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Was that all those people, even if they didn't get injured, they saw some shit that they weren't supposed to see. Yeah. You know, and that's really the most unfortunate. I mean, obviously lives were lost and that's unfortunate, but there was a lot more lives affected. Oh, and the it's number be must affa- be, be affected for the rest of their lives than there was, um, which is just fucking wild. Yeah, like the actual casualty versus the actual like mental casualty that went through. Yeah, dude, I want to do something because I want to get it out before we run out of time here. Do you guys believe in Friday the Thirteenth superstitions? <laughs> because this, I'm serious, guys. I'm Changing fucking serious. Wait, I'm serious. I, I'm serious. I'm serious. So. so- I drove. I've been driving today. No, I've been driving. I've been driving today, because I deliver on a side, a few nights a week, um, for this restaurant, and it's Friday the thirteenth. I almost got in a car accident one day. I've been feeling real edgy and stuff, but then I'm not even kidding you. I must have seen like, like seven or eight different accidents on the highway today. And coming home, I saw two of them twenty feet away from each other, and the one of them involved like eight or nine different cars 
bumping like what the back one hit the one and all the rest just fucking ran into the ones in front of him and i'm just like i need to get the fuck home and go wrap myself <laughs> in bubble wrap so i was I just know, curious if, if if anybody else like i actually i think i have good luck on friday the 13th but just kind of backwards <laughs> i don't know with that with all <laughs> conspiracies and whatnot it's like so there's a prison that we have here in my town it's one of the oldest prisons that are that was still in operation up until about 10-ish years ago. And it was, you know, they have buildings there that were built in the 1800s out of limestone. Missouri is basically just a lime piece of limestone in the middle of the United States. So they say it's the most haunted. And obviously, there are so many stories people have seen things. So I have done, there have been day tours and night tours, and I have done it at least five times over. And every time I have specifically sought out to see something because I'm a very literal when it comes to things. I like I want to see this figure move or I want to see something out of the corner of my eye and be like, what was that? Was that a ghost? Was that a shadow? Is my mind playing tricks on me? I don't know. Yeah. And every single time I have not seen anything. And so I don't think that I mean, it doesn't that doesn't mean that it exists. That's an anecdote. That just means yeah. that maybe I'm just not in tune as some other people are. I mean, yeah. I want to believe I wanted to see it, but... I, yeah. Dude, I'm with you. Yo, I'm 100%. If I fucking could have anything, well, I, I, maybe not this one would be my first thing. Yeah, dude, but, but maybe my third or fourth thing, but I would definitely love to fucking see, like, see the spirit a realm or something. Or uh, uh, a UFO or something that people... Yeah, all, something. all these claims, like... Like seeing is believing for... Like, I'm the kind of... Like, it may scare the fuck out of me, but I'll be, fan I'll be so happy. I'll be yeah. so happy. Yo, do you guys remember like all like, what the fuck? <laughs> yo, what's that from, dude? I know what that's from. The future is out there. What the fuck is that from? These actually are older than me, but I've seen these glasses before make a resurgence. Mm. Yo, but do you guys remember the like the barracks, like haunted stories? Like yeah. the girl that like got killed and the security guard that saw her and like unloaded a full clip. And that's why duty or duty saw him. That's why duty doesn't hold a, uh, a weapon anymore. Or some shit like that. And some yeah. dude like hung himself in like the. the I heard about room. the. I heard about the hanging in the bullet. The guy room. that hung himself. I, that was actually real because I asked around quite often because I, I like that kind of shit. Yeah. Did you ever go searching like, that night? Did you ever? Yeah. Go I, I, there's a couple of times whenever I was a first year and I went down there when it was like two o'clock in the morning yeah. and I was like walking around. I, I didn't see shit. Yo, me and Taylor went and Owens, and Chris. <laughs> We went two in the morning. One of us was on duty. I can't remember, but we, I remember we brought a bunch of salt and we were, this was like, we were going through supernatural, um, like binge watching supernatural. So we're like, all right, we're going to go fucking kill some ghosts and shit. So dude, we start going through the boiler room. Someone has the video of this shit too. And we were like, looking, checking every single boy. Like they had, there was like these little doors that are maybe like a foot by like four feet that you could open up. And I remember we were going through each one and then like all of a sudden, one like down like a shaft you could see like these two blue eyes in one of the windows and then every machine in the fucking boiler room turned on and we just booked ass out of there <laughs> dude it was so scary you know it's <laughs> i lost my I, mind dude i think when you put yourself in a situation where you want to get scared or you're expecting to find something like you're you just saying it. thompson you'll find it you may not yeah. be there but you'll find it you'll find what you're looking for to a certain extent because I've had times where I've been like real paranoid and I f like I'll be sitting and I think I see something out of the corner of my eye here and I'm like thinking a shadow is moving and I'll walk mm -hmm. upstairs and then I'll start psyching myself out and start like I'll, I'm not even kidding I'll be walking up the well, stairs I know, like, or the hallway and I'll like keep looking behind me yeah, like, I know there's like something up. that I mean they say I don't know who they is but they say they that do say you don't want to invite you know and if you're if you're if, if you have a weak conscious that's what you know, I guess you would say demons prey on. If you have a weak conscience and you're very inviting to them where they're going to pursue that, whereas if you're a strong-minded individual, they're not going to pursue that because they're looking for weak souls to prey on. So if you're scared and timid and paranoid and you're, you're fearful of them and you know and you're like trying to seek that, maybe not like on purpose, but like your, your mind is seeking like that paranoia, like, Oh, there is something about it. There is something behind me that demons will feed off that fear. And that's what drives them to come on them. And I've, and I've been yeah. told that before. And I like, it scares me because I've, I've been in around my, my brother scared the fuck out of me because I'm like, I was like, there's probably demons out here right now. He's like, don't talk about it. I'm like, why? He's like, because the moment you talk about it is the moment you put up an invitation. And I was like, Oh shit. It scared the fuck out of me, dude. And we were out in the middle of the desert. I was See, like, I'm the opposite though. Like if you tell me that, then I'm kind of like, well, 
like let's see it. Like yeah, but that's like, the thing. But if you but were see, like so, may, so maybe that's where maybe that's where I'm fucked up. Maybe yeah. I should start getting scared. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like just like show me something. Like yeah, make something. Yeah, move. yeah like like, make like, those, I'm like not... push those characters off the wall. No, no. Oh, okay. Nothing. Imagine dude, if, if that happened in Reviral. Yo, if they, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knocked out, he fucking dies. Like something that he just cracks his throat in half. And then he's like, I would freak out, dude. I would be like, I would like. <laughs> he takes that knife, just stabs, starts stabbing himself. I would lose it, dude. I would go home. I would go drive straight home. I'd go, like, I would be too, dude. I'd go to the nearest church <laughs> and I would just pray. Be like speaking Thompson. of speaking of seeing something out of the corner of my eye, this picture is one that came up whenever I was looking. Holy shit, dude! I remember that day. <laughs> dude, I remember that day too. That's the day we took a picture of the pig on the pig. Yep. Oh, dude, dude Alfred, yo, we have that rock still, by the way. You do you? Yeah, we have it. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Rocky. It's at Brian's house, but who's that in the back? Is that is that Jim or that That's Lameek? Jim. That That's Dylan. Oh Smith? shit, that's Smith. Yeah, it's Dylan. Damn, he looks small. Dude, we gotta have a one year reunion. Oh amazing. god, that would be a fucking shit show and a half. Yeah, I'm trying to set something up, to be honest. I reached out yeah, to a couple guys. I mean, today. It would be a good. It would be a good idea for all the guys to get together for the ones that at least want to attend. Yeah, I want. Uh, well, I want to do a cruise. Ooh, because then, because then, like we can get as shitty as we want, but like they're not gonna, they can't kick us out. We're already on the boat. Yeah, <laughs> that's true, dude. We'll be fucking kept in the fucking cruise jail. Yeah, the brig. <laughs> we go to the brig. Imagine bread dude. and water for all of us. Oh my gosh, dude! An open bar with like fifteen marines that are out. Oh, oh, that'd be bad. Game man. over. That'd be a good time. Fuck it over. Yeah, dude. Somebody's going overboard. So I know we're coming up on an hour here soon. Yeah. So we've been doing like we started this on our last uh, episode with McAuliffe where it's it's a little section yeah. we call your perspective. Is that what we called it? Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. pretty much, you know, your time to voice whatever you feel, you know, passionate about that you feel like if the world was listening, you know, you got five minutes to say to the world like what they should be thinking yeah about. if you wanted to pre- if, you, if you're like hey i'm brett thompson and i can send a message to the world what would it be you know from what from your experience and you know just go ahead the floor is yours dropping that bomb on you right now okay so my name is brett thompson and the, if i had to send a message to the whole entire world which i will I'll, I'll pretend that the, I'll, that's probably what's going to happen here i'll go viral with this one is <laughs> if you're going to do anything in life surround yourself with the most beautiful people that you can um, of all mixed racial colors, creeds, and uh, political views. Uh, surround yourself with those people and um, just be humble with yourself. Be humble that you have some place to stay. Be humble that you can have all these materialistic items that make your life a little bit more brighter every day. Be humble that you have someone that loves you or be humble that has someone that care about you. Um, because, you know, we're not on this planet for very long in relation to, you know, how long the universe has existed in relation. The universe has been a blink and we have been here for not even a fraction of that movement of a blink. So, you know, we have to decide what are we going to do with our lives? So I think that the best thing we can do is just try to make the best of it. And that's just my message. I like that. I like it. Make the best. Fuego. Be humble. Be honest pursue that shit i think that and that ties around with everything we kind of said today that take yourself out of the rat race and think about what you you can do as an individual to make your life better and make the people around you better yep that's some powerful shit i think a lot of people need to listen to that and apply it myself included because it's not easy but no man i definitely i i I, I try to i I try to keep doing it Mm -hmm. because i i i mean we've talked about that that kind of stuff on a regular and it's it's not easy i mean i think humans are naturally selfish and it's hard to focus on others and, you know, try to put things together in ways that makes the world a better place, not just, you know, whatever you think is the better place. But um, where are we at? We at like an hour right now? Yeah, we're done, man. Well, Brett or Thompson, 59. team leader, sir, Lance Corbel. Well, I guess yeah, fun, you, probably, you probably got out as a corporal, so. Dude, this is bad. great. <laughs> I, love, I love doing these things because every single veteran, especially – not even not undermining other guests, but every veteran especially has carried some sort of message onto our show. And, you know, I'm grateful for that. So thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. I really do appreciate hey, it. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be here. And, you know, hopefully I can be a reoccurring guest down the line. Yeah. Uh, if you guys ever need a slot to fill. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure, man. I think uh, next week, who we got next? next week, we're not having a veteran. So we'll be changed up because I think we've had five veterans in a row. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not lying. Like, Ty, Fraley, Army vet, 
Loman, Vet, McAuliffe, Vet, Thompson, Vet, and I think before Ty, Rudy. Rudy and Ian, Vet, and I think before them was Jim, Vet. So vet. the last eight podcasts have all been Vet. And then, <laughs> and then Evan, the one before that was me and you. Oh, yeah. Last 10. Oh, yeah. We need to get some civilians in here. Yeah. We talk about having diversity. Yeah. We are all yeah. veterans. <laughs> Fucking assholes. Yeah. God bless. Hey, we got a targeted crowd, right? Right. I'm See ending this bro. recording. Boom. That was episode 26 with Brett Thompson. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for tuning in. If you guys enjoyed that episode, please, please like, subscribe, share this shit. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. We're on all of it. Um, also, I don't know how I haven't said this yet, but we do have a website. It's called lawkeypodcast.com. L-A-W-K-I-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com. Check it out. If you don't like it, put a comment because there's a comment section somewhere and then say you don't like it. But if you do like it, share that shit. You know, we do like doing this podcast. And if you guys like listening to it, um, you know, it it really helps us pursue our dreams and, you know, pushes us forward. So also, I want to write this out. If you've made it to this part of the podcast, I got we got these bracelets. They say life as we know it. And they have our website on it. You go to our comment section and just say, I want a bracelet. I'll send you one. Just send me a message on YouTube or whatever, on Facebook. Just send me an instant message, and I'll mail you a bracelet. Um, That's all you got to do, okay? Oh, and you got to share that shit. like it. And when you get it, take a picture with it. And uh, dance naked around with it. And then give me all your money. Just kidding. I'm into this.